Hello, 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 my cozy babes. Welcome back to the Cozy Babes Club. I'm your host, Chloe Taylor. And my, my, it has been a moment. We did not have any episodes the month, the whole entire month of December. And honestly, was our last episode... I'm not even 110% sure what day. Oh, November 23rd was the last episode that aired. So honestly, it's been more than a month because technically speaking, usually episodes would go out, uh, you know, every single week and we like missed a week prior to that. And then there wasn't one the week after that. So I feel like Things were kind of spotty with the podcast for a few months, and now we're coming back into January, and I'm so excited to be here. Are are you kidding? Like, I'm so excited. I stumbled over my words. The fact that it's the first of the year and it's a Monday, like, what blessed? Like, we are blessed. Hello, Baja blessed. Um, Also, inside joke that I want you to take this and spread this far and wide across the land. my husband and I, you, y'all will like this if you're into Taco Bell. My husband and I, there's only like one Taco Bell close to us. And it, it's even still like a little bit of a drive away from where we live. And every time we go there, my husband and I love Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero. Like not like we don't like keep it in the house or anything. I don't even think you can buy it. But every time we're in this area... We always stop at Taco Bell and get Baja Blast Zero. And so we started making up like jokes about it. So we'll say like, do you feel like being Baja Blessed right now? Like, oh my God, yes, I would like to be Baja Blessed. Or we'll just be like, oh, Baja Blessings. (laughs) It's so stupid. But if you really love Baja Blast from Taco Bell, you know what I'm talking about. Baja Blast is, I don't care, fight me IRL. Uh, It is the best Mountain Dew flavor, hands down. I'm not even a big soda drinker, but when I want soda, it's one of two things. I want a Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero or I want a Vanilla Coke Zero. Those are like the only sodas that I really drink outside of like an Olipop or a Poppy or something, uh, which to me are more like soda alternatives. But yeah, so get Baja Blasted. Have a Baja Blessing. Are you feeling Baja Blessed? I challenge you if you have a Taco Bell and you're somebody that eats Taco Bell, like walk into your partner's room wherever they are or your sister or brother or mother and be like, "Uh, I would like to be Baja Blessed right now. Can we please go to Taco Bell? So um, anyways, I don't even know why we just got on that tangent. I don't know why I was talking about Baja Blessings, but basically it's been a really long time. I feel like since coming back for the podcast to talk to y'all to sit down and just have a little chat sesh. And I feel like there's so much I want to cover in this episode because I've been gone for so long. But first and foremost, let us address the elephant in the room, which is my season of rest. Okay. I literally went on, I don't want to say it was like a full blown hiatus because I still was producing content like I would still sporadically post to like Instagram, which I've never really been somebody that consistently posts on my social medias. But YouTube, I feel like I try to always stay really consistent with and especially Patreon. Uh, Patreon, excuse me, Patreon, I feel like probably gets the most consistency from me. And that's because people like pay to be there. And I feel a responsibility and a commitment to that community. So they kind of always eat first, no matter what. Uh, But even YouTube, like, I want to say the month of November, I uploaded one time, which is like unheard of for me. I don't do that normally. And uh, even coming into December, I have like one more upload, which when this is being filmed, it will should already be out. But um, basically during my season of rest. So from like mid October, all the way down until now, which it's December 29th when I'm recording this. So basically we're through the month of December as well. It's been, how many weeks does that make? You know, it's been one, it's been like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, almost 10 weeks that, I have just really spent 
asking myself what creative sustainability looks like for me. And this is the first time I've ever done something like this in my career. I, as many of you know, I have been an online digital creator since 2010 and like officially without a backup job since 2013. So 10 years at least, but you could say 13 years. And I've never taken such a big break before, not purposefully, not intentionally. Uh, I think there was one time in 2018 that I was literally sick for an entire month. Like I had no voice and I was kind of forced to pause. But outside of that, for years and years and years and years, I have just been always deep in creation. But like, you know what I think I don't hear enough from people? And it's like people that were influencers that no longer influence that you hear this from maybe in like an interview. I want to say I watched during this rest period, I watched an interview that Ingrid Nelson, if anybody's familiar, she's like, to me, like an OG YouTuber, but doesn't YouTube or influence anymore. Uh, she talked about in this interview, it was like her and there was a couple of other creators that were in it. And they were talking about how your life starts to become this thing where you don't even ask yourself what you want anymore. You ask yourself how you can make content out of everything that you do. And though, because I do not influence with my life, like I don't post outfits or my day-to-day -day life, at least not yet, I've never really gotten to that point of doing anything daily like that. I do feel like I have it a little bit easier in the realm of digital everything, but... I do feel like it can get to that place. Like I start to ask myself what everybody else wants to hear, what you, what everybody else will think instead of what do I think? What, what would I like to share intentionally? And so I've just had about 10 weeks to really, and I'm so grateful that I have had that amount of time. It has not been easy. Like my husband and I have had to jump through a lot of hoops to make sure that financially everything is at least secure. Like we have been bare bonesing it for these 10 weeks, truly. But I feel, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't, I feel like we have definitely lived through harder seasons of life monetarily than we are right now. I would not say that it's been like truly bare bones. I shouldn't say that. But I do feel like it hasn't been like the most abundant season. But mental health over everything. That's something that I've definitely learned during this break. But I've just given myself a lot of time and a lot of space. And at first I was really anxious. And so I spent a lot of time just like sitting with anxious feelings and kind of unraveling them and making myself rest really, even when I felt like I didn't deserve to. And now I feel like I'm the queen of rest. I can rest anytime, any place. I feel like my sleeping habits are all over the place. That's something that they don't tell you when you go into a state of deep rest, when you truly do not judge yourself, is that if you feel like taking a nap, you're taking a nap. If you feel like going to bed for the night at 4 p.m., you're going to bed at 4 p.m. Like, that is the vibe. Literally, yesterday, I went to bed at 4.30 p.m., well, yeah, now it's technically yesterday, woke up around like midnight 30 today. And I'm okay with that. I'm not judging myself for that. I'm not shaming myself for that. My body wanted rest. I gave my body rest. My body wanted to be awake. I'm awake now. And that has been just, I feel like a lot of people don't even give themselves that kind of grace if they have the flexibility to do something like that. But I've really just been honoring any kind of natural thing that is occurring within me, within my environment. And it's been very telling because something else that I did prior to taking this huge break that I don't know if I really mentioned it or not, but I also took a break from a lot of my relationships, not my like significant other relationship, but um, not like with my spouse, but with friends, there were a lot of people I kind of put on the back burner and I like actually went to people in my life and was like, I need less. Like, it's not that you're too much. It's that I just need less right now. And thankfully I have such a great circle of people around me that everybody was extremely understanding and just kind of let me go off and do my thing without expecting text messages or constant communication or anything. And that has been like, truly, I think the greatest gift I have been given this year. Um, I mentioned in my last episode that it was a little bit lonely 
but that I was really embracing loneliness. And I think that that was really important for this time period that I think I am being intentionally lonely, if that makes sense. Like, I don't feel like I'm being forced to be lonely because there are people I could talk to and reach out to. I think I'm choosing to be lonely and seeing what it feels like just to be on my own by myself, not really letting others influence who I am, what I'm doing, the choices I'm making. And I also want to say within this, we're probably going to do another episode about this in the future. But uh, something that I discovered before taking this break is that I struggle with anxious attachment. And it's not with every relationship that I have, but I feel like the ones that are closest to me, I tend to have an anxious attachment with. And once I got wind of this, oh no, girlfriend, I was like, we cannot live like this. This is not living. If you know anything, sorry, I was scratching my face and it covered the mic. Uh, if you know anything about anxious attachment, like it's, anyways, we'll cover attachment style and attachment theory in another episode, but I feel like this has been a time period of really healing from attachment style issues. And just kind of learning who I am by myself. What do I like to do? What do I gravitate towards? What, without being constantly influenced, what, what do I actually enjoy? And like I said, I feel like it's been a relatively relaxed time. It was not relaxing at first. It sucked. I felt so anxious and scared and afraid that everything would fall apart if I wasn't constantly tending to it. But honestly, I'm really grateful that I feel like I live in a time, like even just like the time period of human existence that we live in. Granted, I'm not trying to say there isn't a lot of shit wrong with it, but the fact that someone like my dad, who does like manual labor, has to work in order to make money, and he's like in his 70s, the fact that he still has to work to do that. And I'm over here digital where I'm able to sell things in advance. I'm able to put content together and schedule it so I can just pause for a while. Like talk about generational healing, especially going down that lineage. I already know that I have healed generational trauma just in the way that like manual labor works and how I don't have to do that. Um, That's been like a crazy realization too, but I feel like I always come to the ancestral healing at this time of year. And it it makes sense because we just had a cancer full moon. Uh, And last year at this time, if y'all recall, I had, I was like crying on my podcast about ancestral healing. Uh, So I feel like I've also been kind of working through more of that and just kind of understanding where I come from and why I might even have some of the beliefs that I have and how I can shift those. And anyways, season of rest has been good. Season of rest has been good. It's been one of the best decisions I think I've ever made. I was a little nervous to come on here and talk about it only because I understand what a privilege it is to be able to step back like I have. And I always get scared for people to like accuse me of not reading the room or for saying things like that. But the reality is how you choose to view it for yourself is up to you. Like I can't. That's something else that I feel like I've gained from this time period is I don't, I don't want to not show up because I'm afraid that people that don't have rest like that will judge and criticize me. When in reality, I've been that person. I know what it feels like to be super fucking pissed that somebody else gets to rest when you desperately want that yourself and need that. And I've had to sit and really work through that. And I would say like, I just want to encourage that anybody that does feel that know that like it is your birthright to rest. You are allowed to rest and it might, you might be in a season right now where that doesn't feel possible. And trust me, I get it (laughs) truly. Um, you know, I might not have children or the same level of responsibility that you have, but I know what it feels like to be envious of seeing people just taking time when you desperately feel like you need time. And if anything, I hope me speaking about this instead of causing judgment or friction within yourself, 
I hope it proves to you that you are allowed to do that too. I hope it shows you that because I have done that, it like provides evidence to you that it is possible. And that's kind of the mantra I want to like move forward with instead of trying to like walk on eggshells and not be fully embodying myself on my podcast because I'm afraid of criticism, which like who out there isn't afraid of criticism. I know that I'm not the only one. Um, in any case, season of rest, 10 out of 10 recommend. I feel like it's also given me the ability to look into walking into this new year. Like I said before, with creative sustainability in mind and creative sustainability to me, I think I have cracked the code. I think I understand what it looks like now. And for me, it's all of my work for an entire month can be done in the first week of the month. But here's the thing. I can still create more if I feel called, which means some months, that means I'm going to be working constantly every single week of the month. But if I feel like my soul is depleted and it needs time, that means that I only have to focus on the first week or I can split all the work up from that first week into the entire month and do less and less over weeks. That to me is what creative sustainability looks like. And if you're somebody that is in a position where you get to make your own time and schedule and you're like self-employed, I would highly encourage you to look and see where you can cut things out to make your life that simple. Because for frankly, I would like to live in a world where nobody centers their life around work and career, unless that's truly where they want to be. I would like to decenter work. I feel like, especially in America, we're all trained and taught that your career and work and your achievements should be the center of your life. And I honestly think it's community, it's family, it's friends, it's the love that you share with other people and yourself that should be the center of your life. And at least for me, for you, it might be your romantic relationship. It might be yourself at the center of your life. I know we talk about don't be so self-centered, but we all know that Chloe Taylor is always going to tell you to be full of yourself because we done tried being full of everybody else and look at where that got us. Uh, definitely work on being more full of yourself this year. But um, that's the reality I want to live in. I want to live in a world where there is no creative person that is so burnt out they can't continue. I don't want to, and even if you're not a creative person and you work a nine to five, I want to live in a world where you don't have to do that to survive if you don't want to. And I feel like in order to see the change, we have to be the change. And so that's kind of what I have designed for myself is everything I do in an entire month could be condensed into the first week of the month. And it's not like crazy hours every day either. But if I have more energy, I can continuously show up every single week of a month and make a lot of content. Or I can choose to like chill out for three or four weeks. And I do feel that I didn't really factor the podcast into this plan. I'm not going to lie to you about it. I just, it slipped my mind because I wasn't making it over the last few months Uh, not consistently. So I'm not really sure where this project is going to fit into that, but I'll figure it out as I go. In any case, 10 out of 10 recommend a season of rest. Uh, Find a way that you can get that rest if you feel like you need it. And it has truly been one of the, like, if I could be so honest, I feel like things have actually worked out better than I could have expected since I took that break. Like, I really was scared, thought I would be struggle bussing and especially the month of December, there were a lot of things that I was really like afraid of, like bills coming up, things like that, that were kind of in my face, freaking me out. And I feel like everything kind of worked out better than I could have anticipated. And like during my season of rest, I feel like I've been more taken care of than, than I could have originally anticipated. And I, I honestly feel like that's something I don't hear enough people talking about either is that when you do your part, you need to expect that the universe is going to do its part too. Like God, the universe, your angels, your guides, whatever it is that you believe in, you need to anticipate that it's going to do its part. They're going to do their part too. Like it's not all on you to control everything. And I feel like the universe really did show up 
for me this month when I really thought this month was going to be a lot harder. So uh, the next thing I want to talk to you about is new year, new routine, bestie. I don't have too much to report on this, but y'all know that I am a big fan of a routine. My sun and moon is in the sixth house of Virgo, my 10th house, like I'm a Virgo 10th house or midheaven. Both are in the, in Virgo for me. Uh, Some people will have their 10th house in one place and then their midheaven will be shifted by a sign, but mine are both in Virgo. Um, Virgo is the ruler of day-to-day routines. So I feel like I have a little bit of an obsession there. And y'all know, I never stick to like one routine for months and months and months. That's just not how I operate. I feel like I use a routine until I don't like it anymore and then I will change it. And so I'm always bringing you new routine ideas. And the one I have going right now is a lot more simple, but I really love what I've implemented. And I think I have some really cool information to share with you about this that maybe you haven't considered. So number one, (laughs) whenever I wake up, whenever my body feels rested, when I awake, whether it's midnight 30 or 7am or 6pm, my opinion of that is morning is when I arise and there is a dawn in me. And right now that was at midnight 30 tonight. That is when the dawn struck. So I get up. Of course, I have my water. I usually have breakfast right away. And if you are somebody that deals with um, hormonal inconsistencies, shall we say, or hormonal issues, I, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I have to be very acutely aware of this stuff. And I struggle with insulin resistance specifically. So uh, I always try to eat within the first hour of waking up, which is a dramatic change for me. Because y'all know I've done like intermittent fasting before I used to say that I was just not a breakfast person. And now after I have learned new things, which I feel like that's honestly kind of how it goes, you learn something new and then you implement. And I have learned that it's actually better for your hormones if you eat within the first hour of waking up. So um, also something I have been trying y'all before even eating, I'm not a pro at this yet. I literally recently put it into my routine. I've been doing basal body temperature tracking because something that and I'll do an episode on this in the future, probably after March when I can actually see somebody like a specialist about it and I'll talk about it more my experience. But when it comes to my menstrual cycle, I am somebody that has one of those uh, rarely, but with polycystic ovarian syndrome, I have a very inconsistent cycle And my focus for this year is to really get that figured out. Like basically have my period coming every single month and doing it without hormonal birth control. Like I, hormonal birth control, I was on it one time in my adolescence and the more, like, don't get me wrong. I need to first put a disclaimer on this and say, I think it is every person with a uterus's right to choose. I think you are allowed to choose. I'm so grateful we have these medicines and we are able to have them for people that desire that and want to take them. I'm always here for your right to choose. So please keep that in mind. But for me, hormonal birth control, the more that I read about it, the more that I understand about it, especially after coming through um, my nutrition program last year. I also did like reading on that within that as well as uh, just, I've read way too many books on, like I've read that big tome that's like everything you need to know about your fertility or taking charge of your fertility, I think is actually what it's called. It's this huge textbook motherfucker about hormonal health. Uh, I've read like the period fix. I've read how to pick, fix your period. I've read love your lady landscape. I've read code red. Um, these are like all books, woman code I've read. Uh, there's another one by that same author in the flow I've read. Um, like this past year, I read so many books on hormone health and I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I did not necessarily go to school specifically to learn this stuff, but I feel like I have a pretty good grasp because I have read a shitload of knowledge about it because it interests me. But the more I learn about what contraceptive pills actually do and how they function, 
I just don't really think they're good for anyone. Like, I just feel like it is not the greatest option. And granted, like I said, your body, your choice, I'm always going to at the at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, I'm always going to support somebody's right to choose that. This is not me sitting here and telling you, you need to get off your birth control. I think you should do what feels right for you. For myself, after everything I've learned, I will not be putting myself through that. Uh, I think it just does more harm than good and no thank you. And the other thing is though, I have not had a menstrual cycle in over a year and that's not good bestie. Like that is not good. That is, that puts me in line for a lot of other problems to crop up serious problems. And I'm too young at this point to be going through menopause. So we got to figure out what the hell is going on. The math is not mathing and no, I am not pregnant. Um, but the math is not mathing. And so I'm just kind of out here trying to figure it out. I will be under new health insurance come March. Technically I don't have insurance right now because my husband started a new job and we didn't know when he originally started that I wouldn't be able to have his coverage for an entire year. So we've just been waiting for his coverage to kick in for me. So I can like, fuck America healthcare. I'm just going to say it. Fuck America healthcare. I don't know why we do shit the way that we do. I don't know why we don't take care of the people in this country. It actually makes me really fucking mad. Um, No faster way to get me throwing the F bomb around than to talk about the bullshit healthcare system that we have. But the cool thing is, through this healthcare, though, I don't have to see a general practitioner before going to a specialist. I can just go to a specialist and like of my own accord. So y'all, y'all already know. Y'all already know. I will be the first in line to go and see somebody that specializes in polycystic ovarian syndrome, get a hormone panel done. And then I plan to take that panel to an integrative medicine doctor, because that's who I would prefer to see. Um, And again, when I do all of this stuff later in the year, I plan to share everything with you because I think this is information that I don't really like that it's gatekept and I know how expensive healthcare is. I know how expensive healthcare is, it's a joke. So um, I will be talking more about that as that progresses, but I really won't have a lot of information for you from that perspective until about spring. So we'll come back to that. We'll we'll circle back to it. But uh, the reason I'm bringing all of this up is a big focus for me is hormone health. It's like at the tippy tippy top of my list for 2024 goals, New Year's resolutions is really understanding my cycle and getting myself as close to a 28 day cycle naturally as I can. And I believe in my body's capability to do that. I believe that it is possible even for someone like me that I've never had a cycle come more than a couple of times a year my entire, like since I started. Um, I just think that I don't have the knowledge that I need right now to support my body naturally. So I will be doing that and I will be sharing that experience when it happens. But in any case, uh, why did I even get on this fucking tangent right now? I don't even know. I was talking, oh, because eating in the first hour that you wake up, it stands to support your hormones better. And not drinking caffeine or coffee or anything on an empty stomach is also better for your hormones. So that's why I do that. Um, It's definitely been a transition, but it's good. And also, I don't know if y'all knew this, but especially those of you that struggle with insulin resistance, um, it doesn't mean that you can't have sugar. You just need to eat it better. Like meaning there is a, like, you don't want to eat cake for breakfast. You don't want to eat pancakes and French toast for breakfast. Or if you do, you want to front load your breakfast with protein and fiber and then have the French toast, then have the pancakes or then have the cake. Because basically with insulin resistance and Any of y'all that don't struggle with this, just I promise we're going to stop talking about it in a second. But with insulin resistance, 
you, your job is to try not to spike your insulin over and over and over again. And when you let sugar hit your bloodstream first, you are going to have a much bigger spike and a much harder crash. But if you front load your, your body with foods that, you know, digest a little slower, don't spike your insulin, uh, it's, going to basically feed on that first in your system and that will hit your bloodstream first. And then when it comes to the cake, it'll already be like basically died. Like, ugh, I don't even know how to explain this without graphics. I need like pictures, but this is not a video, but in any case, uh, there's somebody that I really like following for this and I can't remember her name, but she's on Instagram and she's like the, Oh, the glucose goddess on Instagram. If you need somebody like to follow somebody uh, that would actually really help you understand this a little bit more, the glucose goddess on Instagram, I feel like does a really good job. She puts like images together that show you how it works. And in any case, since I have started front loading all of my meals with protein, I have noticed a huge difference in how I feel energetically. Like, Prior to this, I could eat a bunch of sugar and like heavy carbs and I would need to take a nap. Like now, since I've been front loading with protein and having like the sugary things later, I have noticed that I operate differently and it's been nice. So anyways, I know that was a huge tangent on hormone health, but I'm sure somebody needed to hear it. I know there are other people here that want to talk about those things. And like I said, I feel like I will be sharing more later this year, but that's where I'm at with that. So breakfast in the morning, high protein always. I'm big on eggs and sausage. Uh, I also really like a protein shake and uh, not my favorite breakfast, but I feel like if I really want caffeine in the morning, I will make myself at, at the very least have some kind of protein shake in the morning. Uh, I really like the Alani new powders. Like they have my favorite one right now is the confetti cake one. I like it too, because it's really low carb as well, like low sugar, low carb and packs like 20 grams of protein. Love that. Uh, I also like, like I said, I love eggs. I love a sausage. Um, I also love, it's comes from Gracie Norton. I love her. She has a podcast now too called wellness her way. And it's so good, but, uh, her breakfast that I love making that she was the one who claimed it, uh, it's chicken sausage, Amy Lou's chicken sausage, which you can get at Costco if you have a membership. And then the Pura Vida fire roasted vegetables, Five sauce, four to five sausages cut up in a pan, maybe one cup to a cup and a half of vegetables, cook it just on the stove, top it with avocado for healthy fat. Oh my gosh. One of like the best well-rounded hormone supporting breakfasts you can eat. Uh, so, 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 so good. I really like keeping that stuff on hand right now. I don't have any avocado in my fridge, which is really unfortunate, but I have everything else. And I'm like, Ooh, after I record this, maybe I'll go make that. <laughs> okay. So breakfast, then I usually do have to have some kind of caffeine. I hate that for me. I would like to consume less caffeine, but right now I'm working on too many other things. And if you are somebody, especially coming into this new year that like you try to change your whole life overnight, I'm not saying that it can't work, but you will set yourself up for more success if you just take it one thing at a time. And right now I've changed too much about my life to be considering cutting out caffeine as well. Uh, but I will say since I have started like not really drinking coffee, I will still have it occasionally. Uh, but since I've started not drinking it as frequently, I have noticed that I feel better, but I do drink a lot of Alani new, like just one. I won't have more than one in a day. I like my Alani new energy drinks and which I know energy drinks are not good for you. I don't care how you swing it, but I need that caffeine. Uh, I started drinking Alani new because it doesn't trigger heartburn in me, but coffee does. Uh, and I also, I still love my matcha. I'm still a matcha girly, big fan of that. Uh, is there anything else I like in the morning? I don't think so. But usually I crack an Alani. Alani New, the energy drink. Oh, I'm just an Alani New stan. I love their protein. I love their energy drinks. They just make good products. Uh, this is not sponsored. I wish it was. Oh my God, an Alani New sponsor. Are you kidding me? I would die happy. <laughs> but 
I have my little breakfast. I make sure it's really high in protein. That's a big deal. I actually shoot for around a hundred grams of protein a day, which when I first started doing that, I was like, fuck me, this is a lot of protein. But now I feel like I often will go over that. Like I'll hit like 110, 120, sometimes even 130 in a day. Um, and it's not like I'm just eating meat 24 seven. Like that's, I feel like I get it from so many sources, but Uh, I started upping my protein intake to support my hormones and upping my fiber intake as well. Uh, And that's been going really well for me. I feel like I have a lot more energy. So I have my little breakfast. I usually crack an Alani new. I come into my office and you know what I want to implement more of that I haven't been just as like a throw in. I feel like in the month of October, I was getting ready every single day. Like I would get dressed. I would put light makeup on. I would do my hair at least give myself like 20 minutes to pull myself together in the morning. I have really stopped doing that. And I'm just in my office looking like a Shrek bag of bitch every day. Like right now I'm wearing a really old pair of Victoria's secret sweatpants my Lizzo concert t-shirt from when I saw her last year and a pair of socks. And my hair is still like in the clip that I fell asleep with it in. Like I haven't even touched it. I feel like I would really like to prioritize getting myself ready for myself again. (laughs) Something I just really have not been doing since it got all gray and wintry outside. But I come into my office and I usually turn my big computer on, which if you're on my Patreon, you've kind of seen what my office looks like. I turn my big computer on. I kind of check on things. I check on my email, comments, anything that has to do with like YouTube. I'll check my Patreon, uh, just kind of see what comments are going on there. I might even go on Instagram just on my computer and just kind of, you know, see what the buzz is. And then I will pull out my planner while I'm usually I'll watch like a YouTube video or something. I also recently started rewatching Gossip Girl again. Y'all know I was watching it last year around the same time, but recently I started watching it again and I pull my planner out. I start kind of asking myself, what are the top five things that if these sometimes three, if I'm having a low energy day, I'll pick three and I'll tell myself if these three to five things got done, like these are basically the number one things that if I did these, I would feel accomplished. And so I'll lay those out. Sometimes I'll put more than five. Like I feel like it does something good for my ADHD when I can cross silly things off. Like I'll literally put like breakfast, even if I already ate just so I can cross it off and get the dopamine hit. (laughs) So it looks like I was more productive. Uh, So um, I'll just kind of put that together. And then when I feel ready to like, I might work a little bit, you know, I might start a pick a card, like setting one up, or I might right now I'm recording this podcast. That was the first thing I decided to do. But after this, I'm going to watch YouTube for probably like 45 minutes to an hour. And I actually, it was the one thing I asked for, for Christmas. And I can't believe my husband pulled it off. I really didn't think he was going to be able to, I didn't think we were going to exchange gifts this year, to be honest with you, because I was taking a big season of rest. Uh, I didn't think we were going to exchange gifts, but my husband purchased me a walking pad for my office, which was the only thing I asked for. And truly y'all, I don't know why the fuck in 2020, when everybody was on this shit, I don't know why I didn't buy one because life-changing, life-changing. I went from getting between two to 3,000, sometimes 4,000 steps a day, just walking around my house to anywhere from seven to 10,000 steps a day. And I will walk sometimes for up to two hours, like just watching, like, especially when Vlogmas was going, oh my gosh, I would watch Remy Cruz and Alicia Marie's vlogs back to back. And sometimes that would be an hour's worth of content because Remy's vlogs are always super long. And I love that about her. Uh, I'd usually watch hers first because I feel like I just relate to Remy a little bit more. I love both of them. Always have. I followed them for years. But uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, they are like the queens of Vlogmas, especially Alicia. I feel like Alicia kills it with intros every single year. And uh, she was talking about how this might be her last year doing vlogmas the way that she's always done it. I'm like, no queen. Like, yes, I fully respect it and understand it. And I would support her choice in doing that. But I like loved 
having her vlog and Remy's vlog every day to walk on my walking pad too. So um, I'll walk, watch like YouTube videos. Usually it's YouTube. Sometimes I'll put Gossip Girl on or like, I feel like YouTube is easier for me because I'll forget that I'm walking. I will literally forget. And I'll walk for my whole thing is, and this was where I said, like, I think this is going to be something that's going to be important for a lot of people to hear is when it comes to walking every day with this, I don't strive for a number. I don't strive for a time. I just am implementing right now walking every day. And I would encourage any of you that struggle with implementing a new habit, don't make it like, what's the, I actually wrote something down for this. Don't refine it. This actually comes from James Clear, Clear's book, Atomic Habits, is when you're trying to build a new habit into your life, just get used to having it every day. Do not refine it until you have made this such an ingrained thing that it's part of your daily life. So that means sometimes I might only want to walk for 25 minutes and that's enough. Sometimes it's 10 and that's enough. I'm just right now, because this is such a new practice to me, I am just working to make sure I do it every day. I show up and I do it every day. And also this is great because it's all rainy and sad outside right now. I actually hate this time period living in the Pacific Northwest. Y'all know I struggle with those winter blues and, uh, I just, I do, I hate this time period right now, especially after Christmas, like at least Christmas and Yuletide give you a little bit of that mystical magic. Um, I'm literally not going to take my Christmas tree down until March because I need that dopamine in my life. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's just, it's just such a gray. It's so gray. It's so gray and so dark. And we get like no fucking sunlight here. I do take vitamin D every day. Don't you worry. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, just work on incorporating it into your daily life. Don't make it this thing where you have to work for or walk for like three hours a day. Um, ideally I would prefer to walk for like anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours every day. But right now, and some days I do hit that. Like there have been days where I've been so distracted by what I'm watching that I like stopped and I was like, holy fuck, it's been like an hour and 45 minutes. I didn't even realize it felt like 10 minutes. Uh, and then some days I get on my walking pad and I'm like, you know, it's been 15 minutes and I'm really not feeling this. I'm not going to force it. Uh, the important thing is, is that I got up and I did it. So I do prioritize though walking and oh, I forgot to tell you before I even start walking, I put on my Peter Thomas Roth eye jellies. Y'all know I'm obsessed. My favorite ones are the blue ones. I think they're like the hydrating or something. Those ones or the 24 karat gold. I also like the 24 karat gold ones. I put those on. Sometimes I bring my ice roller with me. Y'all know that I got the uh, oh my gosh, what's it called? The skinny confidential ice roller. Oh my gosh. She is worth every penny. She was expensive. I got her this last year as a gift or did I buy it for myself as a gift? Regardless, it was a gift. Uh, it just, uh, worth every penny. I'll bring that in sometimes too. I'll put my eye jellies on and I'll ice roll while I walk. I also bought an ankle strap for like $5 to, cause I have an Apple watch that I wear every day. And I just strap my Apple watch to my ankle when I do my steps because I have my laptop with my walking desk under or over my walking pad. And that's where I'll like watch stuff or sometimes I'll respond to emails, things like that. And my hands will not always track the steps because they'll be resting on my desk. So um, I do have my like ankle strap and I'll link everything I have down below. If any of you are curious about any of the stuff I've just talked about, like even my walking pad, I'll put it down below for you. Uh, and my desk. I love my standing desk. I felt like it was reasonably priced and uh, it's big. Like I feel like it's a bigger walking desk than I've seen. And I felt like it was a fairly decent price for what it is. Um, anyways, I will be walking. I'll be ice rolling. I will be vibing with my eye jellies on that are fresh out the fridge. And then, like I said, I'll put something on to watch for a little bit. Some days it's 10 minutes. Some days it's almost two hours, but that's typically it. And that's been my morning routine. That has been it. That right there. So <laughs> basically getting that breakfast in the first hour, 
putting on the little eye jellies, taking my Alani new over, um, any little water or anything. Love that too. I usually always have water with me throughout the day period and ice rolling and walking and watching something I enjoy. And that has been the vibe. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is something that I don't know how it took me so long to come to this conclusion, but for 2024, I have decided to not drink at all. No alcohol. And I actually stopped drinking on December 5th this year, this last year. So I haven't had a drink in almost a month. And I would not say that I have ever been an alcoholic. Uh, no shame to anybody that is. I There's alcoholism in my family. I'm very intimate with that because I've seen it. And uh, in fact, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that because it's not anybody's business what like my family deals with and who and where and what. But, um, you know, there's no shame coming from me because I also understand addiction, not from a personal standpoint, but from, you know, losing a sister to a heroin addiction and having people in my family that struggle with addiction. I have such a big heart for people that struggle in that way. And I'm the last person that's going to judge you. But for myself, from my own perspective, for my body, my health, myself, that is something that I don't feel like I've ever been an alcoholic, but I definitely have struggled with alcohol abuse before. And that I do feel like there is a difference in the sense that I feel like alcohol, like I've never felt like I've needed alcohol to function ever. I've never felt this like incessant pull or obsession or like I have to have it in any capacity. I've always been able to, if I don't want to drink, I can just stop at any point in time. I've always had that ability, but I do feel like there have been some time periods in my life where I have drank more heavily and have abused alcohol instead of feeling my feelings. And I was not doing that prior to this. I actually felt like I had a really healthy relationship. Well, as healthy as your relationship can be with a substance that is not really good for anyone. Um, I felt like I had like a pretty good relationship with the substance. And I just feel like because I am working on hormone health this year, I want to give myself every opportunity to heal. And drinking alcohol, unfortunately, I'm not saying that you can't have hormone issues and still drink. You definitely can. But I just feel like it's something that I I can't because... Not only do I deal with insulin resistance, which means that drinking is just going to spike my insulin every single time. Like there is no, it does or it doesn't. And I also feel like I struggle with sleep anxiety periodically. And I notice that it is worse when I drink. And if I don't drink, I don't really experience it. So there are just too many things that it messes up. I also get wicked heartburn when I drink like and it doesn't matter what kind of alcohol I'm drinking it doesn't matter if it's wine it doesn't matter if it's a $300 bottle of tequila it doesn't matter if it's seltzer it doesn't it doesn't matter anything that I drink alcohol wise I get heartburn and it's just not okay I don't like the way it makes me feel and I think that I would like to hear that more from people instead of asking themselves am I an alcoholic I would like to hear more people ask themselves, does this disrupt my goals? Is this something that I feel a certain type of way when I do it and I don't like the way I feel? Instead of, I feel like the only, and this actually comes from the book, Quit Like a Woman, which I thought was a fantastic read, by the way, even if you're not trying to quit alcohol, it was just really interesting. I read that book this year and it totally changed my perspective on alcohol And that's something that the author talks about is the only question we have for ourselves when it comes to alcohol consumption is, am I an alcoholic? And if the answer is no, people just continue to drink. And don't get me wrong, I support your right to choose always. But what if you reframed it and asked yourself a different question? Like I said, 
Does this disrupt my goals? Do I like how this makes me feel? And basically, I started asking myself those questions instead. And I feel like it completely changed how I feel about alcohol. It just, it totally opened my mind to a different way of thinking. And it just, I don't know, it was just kind of crazy. And actually, I would kind of like, just because we're on the topic, I really want to read this excerpt from this book to you. And uh, so this is from that book, Quit Like a Woman, The Radical Choice to, I'll, I'll link the book down below. But this is just a quote that I highlighted in this book when I read it earlier this year. And it says, the questions I would ask instead, how many times have you suffered a hangover, regretted something you said, kissed someone you didn't want to because of alcohol? Does drinking feel like it takes more than it gives? Do you feel like you've had a better life if you had never had a drink again? Do you need a definition to answer these questions? And she just makes the point in this book that most people ask themselves, am I an alcoholic? And that's the only question. And I just feel like, I don't know. It just, it like I said, it really... It really shifted my perspective. Oh, there's a second highlight I want to read too. Sorry. <laughs> One more highlight. I didn't even know I was going to share this in this episode, but it just feel like it was hitting. So this quote as well, which says, so we're supposed to drink alcohol, but we're not supposed to become addicted to it. We're trained to ask one question of our drinking. Am I an alcoholic? And to keep drinking if that answer is no. We're conditioned to believe it's normal to imbule, 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 abnormal to abstain. And because of this, we're not conditioned to ask the most reasonable question of all. Is alcohol getting in the way of my happiness, my life, my self-esteem? Is it getting in the way of my dreams or maybe just not working for me? Does it cost more than it gives? Does it shrink more than it expands? Does it cut pieces out of me that I can't reclaim? Does it make me hate myself even just a little bit? And, ooh, I got the chills. Just... I think the title of the book is a really stupid title. Sorry to this author. I think the title is not winning favors, but I do think if you're somebody that feels like you're struggling with addiction, seeing a book called quit like a woman, the radical choice to not drink in a culture obsessed with alcohol. It's by Holly something. I can't see the name because this little icons in the way, but like I said, I'll link it down below if you're interested, but just this book, like I said, I didn't even come to this book with the idea that I might be an alcoholic. I just wanted to read it because it came up on a reel. I was watching somebody's like reel on Instagram and they said that it was the reason they quit drinking. And I was like, you know what? I should check that book out. I've always had like kind of some weird feelings about alcohol and it just, I was already not drinking when I started reading it, but it just kind of solidified what I'm doing. So yeah, I've decided not to drink this year and get really into mocktails. Like I love mocktails. I love mixing like seltzer water and juice and little like fruit cut up and stuff. But when I say mocktail, I want to buy like zero proof alcohol. I want to buy, like, I want to put like bitters in my drink. I want to really go all out and like make it a cocktail. So there's actually a drink that I'm making for new year's Eve that comes from this account that I want to tell y'all about. Uh, they go by mocktail girly on Instagram and they have this peppermint espresso, no alcohol martini that I'm going to make on new year's Eve. My husband and I are both making mocktails for new year's Eve and doing vision boards together. Uh, that's like our plan for new year's Eve because he works both new year's Eve and new year's day. So we don't, we can't like go out or do anything. And we already, we're both not drinking. So we've already like decided we're not going to go out and drink. So might as well stay home and plan some goals for the next year together. And, uh, I'm just really excited. I'm excited for my mocktail arc, but like, I know I've been into mocktails this year or last year rather when you're hearing this, but I just feel like I'm ready to get like really into mocktails this year. So I'm starting on a, on a high note. I actually already bought the zero proof. Uh, I want to say it's zero proof rum 
that goes into the drink. And I haven't tried it yet, but I will report next week on how that goes for New Year's. So no alcohol in 2024. And thank you for holding space for me to share all of that, by the way. I know that like I said, I respect everyone's choice to consume or not consume. I don't think it has to be black and white or all or nothing, but thank you for holding space for me and listening to that if you're still here. And thank you for letting me speak so authentically about my experience and just what I'm choosing to do for myself that feels good, you know? So no alcohol in 2024. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about before we get out of here for the day is, uh, just I kind of already talked about it having like a gentle new year in the sense that you heard my husband's plan with me we're gonna make little mocktails I have no idea what he's making uh like I told you I'm making because when I was drinking my favorite cocktails in this order were um (laughs) margarita number one on the rocks never blended uh, a lemon drop, and then an espresso martini. So favorite drinks of all of the cocktails. And so I wanted to, you know, make a little espresso martini. I have no idea what my husband's going to make, uh, but I'm excited to find out what he feels like is going to be the best little mocktail for him to create for us. And we're going to sit down and do vision boarding together. It was actually really funny. My husband made a vision board. I want to say like, It wasn't at New Year's last year. It might have been like in the spring or summer last year. And he has it on his laptop desktop, right? And I showed him how to do it and everything. And if you look at his vision board, I shit you not. Almost every single thing on the list came true. (laughs) Almost every picture came true. And there's like one photo that didn't really happen. And I think it was decorating his office, but he didn't really put a ton of energy towards that this year. So it makes sense that it wouldn't have happened, but almost every single thing on the list, like, or every image he was able to cross off and be like, wow, literally everything came true. I don't even feel like I had to try. So we are both big believers in vision boards in this house. And I'm really excited to build visions with him. And it's just going to be so fun. Like this is my ideal New Year's. My ideal New Year's is staying home with your significant other, maybe a couple of close friends, making mocktails, maybe like, you know, pulling out the ethically sourced Palo Santo and Sage, cleansing the house, cleansing ourselves, setting new intentions together. And it's like my ideal New Year's. Uh, So yeah, I'm really excited. We'll probably stay up until midnight and then immediately go to sleep because we are those kinds of people. Um, I think it depends on where my sleep is. I am planning to stay up until midnight though. So I have like two days to figure that shit out and make sure that I'm going to be awake that late. Uh, But I also just want to encourage that as you're listening to this, if you haven't set goals or haven't made a vision board, first of all, go and take my masterclass. It's on my Patreon right now. I put up a masterclass with like an 18 page workbook and showed you exactly step-by-step how to make a vision board that works and coach you through why they haven't worked for you before or what you might be doing that isn't working and how you can make it work. Uh, So if you feel like you need that, head to my Patreon, join in. It's been really good. I've had a lot of positive reviews from it already. And, uh, the secondary thing is like, we've had a lot of hard years. Okay. We've had a lot of hard years. And if this past year was a really difficult one, please don't beat yourself up for not being ecstatic to set new goals for this year. It's okay to gently move through life. It's okay to not plan these big overarching themes and to do it when you're ready. Because I got to tell you in 2021, when I had the worst mental health year I've ever had, I was pissed when New Year's rolled around. I told my husband so many times that I was mad that it was New Year's because I felt like I mentally suffered so bad that year that six months of my life felt like they didn't even happen. And how was it already about to be 2022? And then we reached the end of 2022 and I felt the same way. I was like, I don't feel like another year has passed. I feel like I have been robbed of almost two years of my life because of this mental illness I'm dealing with right now. And it took me like almost three years, two and a half years. It was probably closer to like two years to finally start to feel better, like really better and back to myself. 
And this is the first New Year's in the last two or three now that I'm actually excited and I'm setting some goals for myself and I'm anticipating what this year could bring. And it's all right. It's all right if five years in a row, it doesn't feel right. It's okay. And you don't have to do anything you don't want to do at the new year. You get to decide what New Year's looks like for you. And uh, like literally, I think in 2021 and 2022, I didn't even stay up till midnight. I went to sleep. Like I was so depressed about the new year because I felt like it shouldn't be there. And this is the first year that I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be New Year's. I'm so excited. So I feel like, you know, use that example to know that it doesn't always have to, you don't always have to crest into the end of a really hard year and be like, yeah, better year next year. You know, sometimes the year just is what it is and you need to be gentle with yourself and not make a bunch of plans. And that is all I want to say to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope y'all missed the podcast as much as I did. And uh, once again, just thank you so much for holding me in this episode. Thank you. Like, I feel like I shared some things that were a little more vulnerable to me. And I feel like we talked about like some serious shit. So thank you so much for holding my authenticity, for letting me show up, for being this container. And uh, I will talk to you all again next week. Happy New Year, everyone. Don't forget to stay cozy out there. Bye.